I spoke yesterday about socialism and capitalism very loosely, and I want to talk a little bit more about that, but on a maybe at a slightly different angle. And the angle that I'm going to come at this from is fairness. And I'm going to make the argument that fairness is innate in humans and also in other animals, but certainly in humans. Now, there are religious people who would say that we get our morality and our ethics and our sense of fairness from religion, that we get it from God. Um, I'm inclined to doubt that. And one of the reasons that I'm going to put forward for why I'm inclined to doubt that is because of an experiment that was done with, was it bonobos? No, capuchins, capuchin monkeys. So I'm going to quickly outline the experiment. You have two monkeys in cages side by side. And they've been trained to be rewarded for performing a task. Now the task that they perform is within their cage they have a little bowl full of pebbles. And every time the experimenter puts out an open palm hand to the monkey, the monkey picks up a pebble, reaches through the cage and drops it into the experimenter's hand. The experimenter then in front of them has a bowl of cucumbers, which capuchins will eat, you know, happy days, but they've also got a bowl of grapes, and grapes are fucking way nicer than cucumbers, to a capuchin at least. So there's two monkeys, each in their individual cage, there's two bowls in plain sight of both monkeys, one with cucumber and one with grapes in it, and there's an experimenter that extends an open-palmed hand to the first capuchin, the capuchin promptly picks up a pebble, places it in the experimenter's hand, and the capuchin gets rewarded with a bit of cucumber. And the capuchin's fucking happy out, stuffs it into his big fat face, and he's delighted. But then the experimenter places an open hand towards the second monkey. And the second monkey knows what's up, picks up a pebble, reaches through the cage, and drops it into the experimenter's hand. And this monkey gets a grape for his efforts. Now, the, the first capuchin monkey, the monkey that got the cucumber, it can fucking see this. And sure enough, the experimenter puts his hand out, an open palm hand, to the first monkey. That monkey promptly drops a pebble in his hand, and in return for its efforts, it's given another piece of cucumber. The cucumber is taken out of the hand of the experimenter, brought back into the cage, kind of sniffed or examined for a split second, and then the capuchin monkey literally fucks the piece of cucumber at the experimenter, then grabs the cage and starts fucking shaking it like fuck. It's fucking furious. I'm no fucking capuchin behavioural fucking psychologist, but I mean, you, you can see that the monkey is fucking enraged. It's absolutely fucking livid with the injustice of what's happening here. Now, I'm only outlining a very specific part of the experiment. It went on for a lot longer, and I'm sure there's, you know, ins and outs to, to all of this. And even if there wasn't, it's a base enough example. It doesn't prove anything per se. But to me, at least, it gives you a real sense that fairness is innate in animals. Maybe only primates, but in, in animals, certainly. Or in non-human animals, should we call them. Now, I don't know how much more experimentation has been done. Does this work with chimps? Does this work with gorillas? Does it work with bonobos? Does it work with killer whales or dolphins or who knows? The reason I mention those particular animals is because they have what are known as uh, cortexes. So it's a, a relatively new part of the brain. It's where our 
ego resides or at least where i think our ego resides it's where our thought processes happen it's all it's where all our our higher function our our higher order functions take place it's the newest part of the brain okay the deeper down into the brain you go the older into the brain you go with I'm going to stretch an analogy here, but it's kind of like the rings of a tree. You know when you cut a tree trunk in half, you can see all the rings? Well, the ones on the outside, they're the newest ones, and the ones on the inside, they're the oldest ones. And the brain has grown somewhat similar to that. There's no rings in the brain per se, but the deeper into the center of the brain, you get closer to the brain stem that connects to the spinal cord. That's the oldest part of the brain, okay? And deep down there, What's controlled there is things like heartbeat, digestion, breathing, okay? And then you, you go further out from that and you've got movement, you know, picking things up, throwing things, passing things from one hand to another. And then you go up from that again, closer to the inside of your skull, say, and further away from the brainstem where the spinal cord attaches to the brain. And on these on this new cortex, that's where speech is, that's where, maybe not memory, but Memory is probably deeper, but certainly speech, language, and all that jazz. Um, Higher cognitive functions like mathematics and verbal reasoning and any kind of articulation and thought, basically. That all happens in the the newer part of the brain, in the cortex. Not all animals have cortexes, and that's why I mentioned those previous animals. Dolphins, whales, primates, they all have cortexes as far as I know. There probably are a couple more animals there that have them. Maybe they're not as well developed. I don't know, but I digress. I want to talk about fairness. So I would argue that on the back of that experiment alone, and my own lived experience, I suppose, now, which is anecdotal at best, but hear me out. When I was a kid, I have to bring in religion here. I can't get a point across without bashing religion a little. What can I say? It's my favourite pastime. So when I was a kid, I was fed Christianity. I was fed all about Jesus and God and all that jazz. And presumably I would have swallowed it all because, you know, my mom and dad said it to me. I was dragged to mass every week. Everyone else seemed to believe it. It was taught in school. So presumably I did swallow it all hook, line and sinker. I say presumably because I have no real memory of believing in God. I have a very early memory of calling bullshit on it, to be honest. As soon as I started hearing that there was other religions. So my auntie, she married a guy from Trinidad, Hardeo Seeprasad. And I don't know what religion he is, to be honest with you, but he was my first kind of hands-on, eyes-on experience of something other than what I was familiar with growing up. Because he was brown, and there wasn't a lot of brown people in Kilberry in the 80s. I fucking still isn't. But he was a window into almost like a different world. And maybe it was something to do with him. The f- he, he, as far as I was concerned, he was English. He spoke in an English accent. He'd lived in England for fucking probably 30 years by the time I met him. He was an English guy, but he was brown and that was different. I had certain exposure to a black man previous to this again. He was a priest. His name escapes me now at the minute, but again, that was very different. And it was a little window, a little peep sight into something other than what I was familiar with. And then when I presumably when I was a little bit older in school, I started learning that there was other religions. And I think that's the key part in why I became an atheist, a dogmatic atheist, so young. It's because as soon as I learned that there was other religions, 
that weren't the same as ours, that were very different. By definition, obviously, the other religions were different than mine. As soon as I realised that all these other people were wrong and we were right, and that all these other people were essentially going to hell for believing in false gods, I knew myself as, I don't know, a fucking four or five-year-old, that that was bullshit. There was an innate sense of unfairness there. It was blatantly obvious for the world to see. Hang on a second. Everyone that lives here and believes what everybody else believes gets to go to heaven. But everybody else, it's fire and brimstone for you, lad. Eternal torture. That just didn't sit right with me. And it shouldn't sit right with you because it's fucking abhorrent and evil and all sorts of fucking craziness. But for whatever reason, it just, I couldn't let it go. And I would consider that to be an innate sense of fairness. Knowing the difference. And here's an experiment for you. If you've kids or grab someone else's kids, give them sweets. But give one of them two sweets and one of them one sweet. And fucking watch them kick off. They, they get Like my, my daughter is three. And if you think for a fucking second that you could give her older brother four sweets and only give her three, you're fucking mental. And it's not because we've ingrained a sense of fairness into her. We've never sat her down and explained fairness, in really. Outside of, you know, it's, it's good to share, don't be greedy, blah, blah, blah. She has to share her toys with her friends come over and she can't be stealing other people's toys and all that jazz. You know, the general parenting thing has been done. But we've never really sat down and tried to instill a sense of equality into her or a sense of fairness. And we don't need to. Because she just gets that. She knows intuitively. And that to me is that to me is fascinating. It really is. And it'd make you wonder. Do I have something? Like was I born with something? Like that innate sense of fairness that I had? And the innate sense of fairness that my daughter Kiva has? Maybe not everybody has that. Maybe Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are just devoid of that. Maybe they just don't fucking get it. Maybe they don't have that innate sense of fairness. Like they don't have seven foot tallness. Or they don't have ginger hair or enormous noses. Maybe it's just something that they just, they don't have. And because they don't have it, they have no appreciation of it. Maybe that's why they think that it's, or seem to think that it's okay to have so much and to constantly want more and more and more and more. I mean, at this point, who the fuck are they competing against? Each other? There's nine billion people in the world, but so long as I get more than that other cunt and everybody else for that matter. Like, I wonder what it is that they're missing because I just, I don't understand it. And things that I don't understand fascinate me a lot more than things that I do understand for obvious reasons. There's a mystery there to me. I just don't see how somebody could have hundreds of millions in the bank, paid for, like done, taxes paid, yours, and just want more and more and more and more. I just don't understand it. And that's hundreds of millions. Those other two cunts I mentioned have billions. And I've mentioned this before and I'm going to say it again. I think that we should ban trillionaires. I really do. Now, the idea of having a trillionaire might seem fucking farcical. You're never going to have a trillionaire, Frank. Shut up. But that's exactly what people would have said about billionaires 20 years ago. So I say ban trillionaires now before they become a fucking thing. Mr. Fucking opposed to banning things. 
And I just, I wonder, because again, I'm all, I'm, I'm thinking about kind of corruption and inequality and fairness on the back of doing the episode on socialism and capitalism. And it just has me thinking about these things in more, in more base terms, in more fundamental terms. Like, what the fuck is it? Like, what the fuck is it that has you in a flash car with a nice house and a mortgage that you can easily pay and healthy kids and a healthy life and all the rest of it, but that you want more and more and more and more and more and more? Like, at what point do you kind of have enough of something and see that your role in society is to give back, is to give other people a fucking dig out? Not a handout, but a dig out. And I'm not fundamentally opposed to handouts either. I've fucking taken them. Okay? And if you found yourself in a position whereby, you know, you're, you're, you're scraping, the battle, scraping the bottom of existence itself. You can't pay rent. You're buying shitty food because you can't afford good food. If there's a handout going, you fucking take it, arm and all. I'm not fundamentally opposed to handouts. I think there's a time and a place for them. But I think that they're for people... They're for people who need help. And these days, there just seems to be more and more and more and more people who need help. And that's what needs to be addressed. There's a, there's a runaway-ness to the need for social welfare. And I think a huge big component of that is a certain percentage of the population who just don't give a fuck about anybody else other than their self and the progression of their own ideas and the accumulation of their own wealth. More and more and more and more. Fuck everybody else. And what happens there is, I think that that's bred. It's bred in a class. So I think that the class of people who grow up in big houses, and to them, the house they're in is a bit shit. And they all, there's a reach. You, you, want to, you want to have more than what you were born with, which is kind of fair enough. Like, I want to do better than my parents did. And I would like my kids to do better than, than I did. But to a fucking degree, like up to a point. And that point isn't when the fucking world is on fire. There's a lot of talk made about how we're lifting people up out of poverty. And that's fucking great. But there's an element of... I don't beat my kids up nearly as much as I used to. It's like, yeah... Well done, but you know, would you not stop hitting your kids altogether? Like you know, immediately. And there's there's something there's something to that. Like we're we're making great progress in certain areas, but relative to what? Relative to having done nothing for the previous fucking hundred years, aside from making things worse. Like the people that are marshalling all these improvements that are happening in the third world are from the first world. And it's predominantly the first world's fault that the third world is such a shithole, is, is the shithole that it is. So, on one hand, you're, you're clapping yourself on the back for cleaning up the oil spill. And well done, fair play to you. But you own a fucking oil company and you're building more! And for every little bit that you fucking scoop up and clean, you're dumping another fucking hundred gallons that you're going to try and claim credit for cleaning up in fucking 50 years' time. And again, like, like all these things, it's a fucking class issue. Because working class people, typically speaking, me and you, 
I was about to say we live in the real world, but there's something I really hate about that real world, Th- that that concept, because you, you, you'll often hear people say, well, I live in the real world. And what that essentially means is, fuck everybody who doesn't have what I have. Because we all we all live in our own little worlds. But the own, my own little world that I'm speaking of is where working class people live. And working class people make up the majority of everybody, everywhere. So surely if there is a real world, per se, that we can fucking point to and talk about, it's where the majority of people live. You don't live in, you can't live in the real world in any real sense if you've got hundreds of millions of quid in the bank, or access to hundreds of millions. How can your little tiny percentage be representative of the entire world? We can't all be billionaires. Obviously. But we can all be a hell of a lot better off than we fucking are. We can... Instead of making trillionaires, we can fucking rise the majority of us up a little. Or at least fucking strive to. And I think a huge component part of all of this is people appreciating what they fucking have. And I'm not talking about people who are struggling to pay rent or struggling to put fucking food on the table. I'm talking about people like me. Who, when, like when I fill up my, my car with diesel, I open up the cap, I shove in the, fuse, the, the fucking fuel nozzle and I pull the trigger. And when it clicks, I know it's as near as full makes no difference. I look up and it could be, it could cost me 20, 50, 70 euro. You know, it doesn't really matter. I came to fill it. But I think a lot of people do that exactly the way I do it. But they've no appreciation for the people who, before they get out of the car or before they even pull into the filling station, they're opening up fucking compartments in their car and they're scraping coins together. And they're like, okay, right, I have 765 on me. I can put a fiver of petrol in and, you know, have a euro or two to fucking buy the kid a fucking ice cream at the weekend. Like, I've... I've, I've fucking been there, okay? I've gone, I've pulled into filling stations knowing that my card wouldn't work, filled it up, and went in and went, oh, my, my card doesn't work, Jesus. Sorry about that. Oh, I must get on to the bank. Here's my name, my detail, my phone number... I'll be back to you, you know, later on to pay you. And by later on, I mean when I get fucking paid and I have money to pay you. Okay, I've been there and I've been there more times than I'd like to remember. But the beauty of having been there and the beauty of having been in a position where I struggled to pay rent and didn't pay rent a couple of times or paid it later and had to come up with excuses and and all that fucking jazz, skipping meals, all that jazz. Been there far too many times than I like to remember. The beauty of having been there is you have an appreciation for the people who are fucking still there. But if you've never had anything like that, you view people who don't have anything as lazy. You view people as that are like that as bums, basically. Like, how could you not have, you know, enough money to fill your fucking car full of petrol or buy yourself lunch? Like, what have you done wrong in your life? And maybe all that person did wrong in their life was just be born into fucking poor circumstances. And there's a runaway effect of that, or there seems to be. Every fucking decade that passes, the poor are getting poorer and the rich are getting fucking richer. 
And for the most part, this topic isn't really all that addressed. I mean, we have, you know, the Democrats and the Republicans, and the Democrats are supposed to be fucking all for change and all the rest of it. And it's the same in the UK. You've got the Tories and you've got the you've got Labour, and Labour are supposed to be all about change and all that jazz. But not really. Not these days. Because there's this thing called neoliberalism that's creeped into our society, which is essentially conservatism with a smile. And the downside of living in Ireland is all the parties are essentially neoliberal. At least that's what they seem to be from my perspective. It's all conservatism with a smile. It's all, oh, we'll change this and we'll change that and we'll change the other. But, you know, 99% of this shit's staying the fucking same. Okay? We're not going to tax Google or Twitter or Facebook or Apple or any of the other fucking billion euro corporations that have their EMEA headquarters in Ireland because, you know, we like playing with the fucking big boys and it does wonders for a GDP and it's not great to be dealing with such high-level players on a world stage. No mention of what the Irish people actually get in return for this. You know, a handful of fucking 100,000 euro paid jobs, but it's only a fucking handful. And there's murmurs of this kind of stuff. You kind of, you, you hear about this kind of stuff in, bibs and, in bits and bobs, but I don't, I don't see anybody fucking screaming it from the rooftops. I mean, I'd like to think that it's in the future I might start myself. And it's like that old adage, if you don't fucking, if you don't, if you can't find what you want, you have to kind of build it. But surely to fuck, some cunt has thought of these things 20 years ago and has thought about them ongoingly and has built up some sort of a fucking resistance to it. Not that I can see. Now, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's somebody out there who's fucking banging the same drum that I'm starting to bang. And maybe I could get them on. Let me know. 9 60 47 888. And on that note, I'll chat you soon.